see it in their eyes and their gestures and hear it in their silences. When their eyes filled with tears or when they started to joke out of the blue, I felt, oh, there's something more. There's a story underneath here they can't bring out for one reason or another. And it would be cruel to them to, to force it out. But I can imagine only too well what it is between all the stories I have heard and the reading I've done. And that's where fiction steps in. Settling onto my chair, I lay my M16 across my knees and stare at the corral of sand between the tents and the wire. I know each grain of that sand by now, each pathetic tuft of dried shrub, each spot of rust on the wire's razor blades, our little world. A second later, two of the prisoners start a furious argument. One punches another in the jaw, and in a flash, the whole damn pack of them erupts into a full-scale brawl. They're out of control now. Noses bleeding, guys rolling on the ground, punching and clawing, kicking in ribs, stamping on hands. I don't know what to do except stand up here waving my arms. So I flick the safety off my weapon and fire. What does it really feel like deep down in your secret most part, in your soul? To be a soldier and to see and do the things you have to do in war, what's it feel deep inside? And especially for a woman soldier, we've had almost no stories from the point of view of women soldiers about war ever in history. And it's always been a, a male purview. We've had stories from female civilians, but not women soldiers. Well, can you tell us something about your two characters? Let's start with Kate. How does she come sure. into the war and, and what happens to her there? Kate Brady, at the beginning of the book, she's a 19-year-old who comes from upstate New York. She's a country girl, and a lot of people she knows join the military because there are very few jobs out there, but there's also a, a very strong national pride in that area, and she enlists. Uh, but this is before 9-11, so she's a reservist military policewoman, and she has no idea she's going to be sent to war, and nor at that point does anybody else. And then, like so many reservists and National Guards people, she gets deployed after 9-11 and, and in 2003 when we invaded Iraq. One of the things you describe, once Kate gets to Iraq and she's stationed on an army base, she's dropped into a, an atmosphere in which there is a kind of constant low-level sexual harassment. Is that pretty much realistic as far as you can tell? Right. Well, I read studies that said that 90% of, of women in the military were report sexual harassment while they were serving. Uh, it's hugely common. And it can be on the level of constant vulgar jokes, remarks about your body, you know, half-joking passes made at you all the time, looking you up and down, stripping you with their eyes, that kind of thing. Or it can be worse, more aggressive and nasty and, and just the constant sort of um, degradation that happens when people refer to you as nothing but a sex object day after day, night after night, month after month. What happens to Kate, your character? Well, Kate has several different things going on at once. She's got a sergeant who is very hostile to her and expressing it in sexual terms and he's got a little kind of cohort of men who, who do whatever he does so they join in and then on top of it all she's guarding the prison and the prisoners are um, furious at being imprisoned and they taunt her and mock her and uh, expose themselves to her 
This is something that I went on a lot at Camp Buka. I heard it from many people, and there was even a television report about it. And so she's getting this harassment from all sides all the time, and it begins to eat away at her and change her personality. And she struggles more and more to try and keep a moral centre in, in the midst of all this nastiness. Something hits me on the cheek so hard it spins me halfway around on my feet. I drop to my hands and knees, stunned. Am I shot? I touch my cheek, blood, but before I have time to react, a hail of stones comes flying at me, pelting me hard all over, banging off my helmet like bullets. Where the hell are the other MPs when I need them? Where's my team? I lift myself to my knees, the stones still coming at me, close my eyes, and fire again. But this time, I don't aim into the air. I aim right at the compound. Silence. Not even the echo of my shot, since there's nothing for it to echo against.